Recorded live. All right, everybody. This is the technology call for February 23rd, 2018. I'm John. Tonight we got Brian Chu on the line. He's taking some time out to go over some things about his situation and address a couple things. If you're not familiar with him, look at his YouTube channel. Brian's on the phone. I guess you can tick it all off with whatever you feel is the most relevant. My first question to lead the whole thing off is about the hassle that everybody appears to be getting when they go for medical attention. If you feel like if you want to talk a little bit about what was done to you at the hospital, I think that would be a good place to start this. Uh, Actually, I think a good place to start this conversation would be to first briefly discuss the history to properly lay out the context of, of the conversation. And then we can move on to you know other other areas. Um, but yeah, um, you know people talk about mind control being rather recent uh, in in its uh, creation. Actually, mind control has been around for thousands of years in various forms. Uh, you'll find mind control in the the Egyptian Book of the Dead. Uh, organized religion, for example, is one of the greatest mind control tools ever invented by man. Okay, but you know. This technology uh, and, and organized religion are obviously very different. And so we could say with, with some degree of certainty that mind control using uh, electromagnetic low-frequency waves interfacing with nanotechnology has been around roughly somewhere in, in, since the 1960s, uh, probably in late 60s, into early 70s, before the program itself went black. Uh, at first, you know, universities were involved in the training, research, and development of the technology. But uh, after that, it went black, and it's only because of MK Ultra that we were able to discover the atrocities were happening at, happening at all. And it kind of started with uh, uh, Dr. Jose Delgado with his famous bull experiment in the 60s, where he would stand in front of a raging bull, and when the bull would charge, he would push uh, a button which would uh, vibrate an electrode in the bull's brain, which he had placed there, and it would cause the bull to come to a sudden stop and spin in circles. Well, the CIA got interested in this and hired Delgado and, and other scientists, pioneers, they called them in the field, such as you know, Dr. Jacobson out of Norway and others. And it was right after that that the, that the uh, program went black. Um, there were 149 programs uh, in MKUltra back in, you know, uh, the 70s. And we can only surmise if there were hundreds, you know, 149 uh, programs, there must have been thousands of projects and sub-projects which fell under those programs. Um, Of course, the technology has advanced steadily, you know, over the last two and a half decades. uh, So we can only imagine how many programs are involved today. But what they've done is essentially they've weaponized neuroscience. If you want to break it, you know, break down the technology to, to, to the simplest statement of how and what it is, it's simply the weaponization of neuroscience. When I say weaponization of neuroscience, what I mean is, you know, neuroscience is basically two things. It's essentially, okay, it's a real complex subject, obviously. You're dealing with physics, you're dealing with psychology, you're dealing with uh, uh, other, other uh, areas of, of, of science. But essentially, neuroscience is just two things, the study of the mind, the human mind, and the central nervous system. And so what they've done is they've weaponized that neuroscience. Neuroscience is no longer just a field of medicine. It has crossed the threshold of medical science. It is now a chief weapons platform used by the major intelligence agencies of the world. 
which unfortunately includes the CIA and the DIA. Um, and the, again, that all began with, with Delgado uh, and, and others in the 1960s. And it was at that time that they began, you know, their non-consensual human experimentations uh, in the guise of, you know, black ops, weapon testing, et cetera. And there, you know, to this day, from then until this day, there's been no accountability, transparency, or oversight. And, you know, we can only imagine where they are today. Um, but, you know, people talk about, the, the, I think one of the first things we need to do is we need to, we need to understand that we're not dealing with artificial intelligence. Okay, artificial intelligence was abandoned by the uh, CIA and the DOD decades ago. They moved realizing the, the, you know, it didn't matter how many mathematical algorithms, these if and then algorithms you created, it still would never cover, the math still would never cover every scenario because people were too unique, too, too different in their, cognitive, in their cognitive abilities and makeup. So they just totally abandoned AI about two and a half decades ago with, with mind control technologies and, re, and moved to a reverse engineering of the human mind. Uh, and when I say reverse engineering, basically I'm talking about three things. The reverse engineering of the will, intellect, and emotion of the victim. Okay? Uh, so, so that's what, you know, they're basically using trauma, physical and psychological trauma, to map out uh, the sensory and neural pathways of your brain and central nervous system. Neuroscience is the study of the brain and central nervous system. So that's, that's what we're dealing with. Um, you know, uh, this, you know I, I can really only refer to you know, two programs, that, the, the, the two that I was involved in. That's state-of-the-art mind control and trauma-based mind control. But obviously, you know, there are hundreds. Omega program, beta program. There's just, there's just so many. Um, and Dr. Duncan, uh, who wrote his book, Project Soulcatcher, had to write that book as, as a work of fiction, or they never would have allowed him to publish it. So in order to understand the truth of what Duncan is saying at times, because he's restricted from telling the truth at times, he, he, he begins to speak cryptically, and he's speaking to his contemporaries. And so you have to go back and you have to look and read between the lines to understand where, what, what he's saying, where he's going. You know, he's basically telling his contemporaries, I know what you're up to, I know where you're going, etc. Uh, and basically, one of, I didn't get this from Duncan, I got this from another scientist, but this, this entire technology is based upon three things. It's based upon censorship, memory management, and what is called direct behavioral control. All of that is now possible through nanotechnology. Um, I don't know if anyone knows you know, much about nanotechnology, but a nanometer is basically one millionth of a millimeter. And so these, these are, you're talking about these nanoparticulates being microbic, uh, really nano, uh, 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 it soon will be pico in, in, in right. uh, measurement. And put it in perspective, the size of one of these nanoparticles is about the equivalent of a red blood cell, so they can mimic the atomic structure of a red blood cell with a nano-sized object. Well, um, what, they've been, what, they've been, what they've been doing... What they've been doing is they've been, they've been spraying the nanotechnology into the hydrosphere for, like I said, 25 years, approximately 25 years. The, the moniker is chemtrails, but there's not much chemi chemicals they're spraying, uh, at least the DOD. Um, it, it's mostly, uh, you know, nanoparticulates and, and heavy metal particulates, which they, they uh, use scalar waves to, to uh, cross the, the beams of scalar waves to ignite the nano the uh, heavy metal particulates, uh, for example, weather warfare and other methods. 
but the nanotechnologies have been spraying into the hydrosphere for the last 25 years. They've been spraying along storm patterns. Uh, and these storm patterns, once sprayed, the nanotechnology filters down into the water supply and the food chain. And now every man, woman, and child, every, you know, every tourist, uh, every person that's passed through an American airport who's ever once consumed the water or the food uh, is infected. Every uh, foreigner who's ever you know, consumed uh, a, a, an American product which has been imported into their country, such as peanut butter or candy or whatever, uh, they have the technology in their body. Now, you know, they do not need to be near you. These supercomputers um, that, that are targeting you using those, those three platforms I mentioned in another call, tower satellites are called mobile platforms. They can be thousands of miles away from you, and they can activate the nanotechnology in your, in your brain by, uh, um, by illuminating, by simply by establishing two things, timing and location. Once they have you, uh, your time, timing and location down correctly, they can simply illuminate your brain with a stream of electromagnetic frequency waves, photons, and that, then the uh, nanotech will be activated. Um, so this is not something that requires them to be close or near the victim as before. And this is how, uh, you know, so many people can be targets, targeted simultaneously with the technology. This nanotechnology, when it's consumed by the victim, by the target, every American, okay, man, woman, and child, once it's consumed, it migrates to the bloodstream, to the brain, and adheres to the neurotransmitters of the victim's brain. And that nanotechnology then begins to speak to, here's, 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 how, here's how mind control works. Here's how mind control works. That nanotechnology speaks to and decodes the neurotransmitters. So they illuminate your brain with a stream of photons, and they read the return training signal. And that's how they map out the brain of the victim into a cognitive model. Uh, but all of that is, is, is basically based on, you know, this weaponization of neuroscience. So you're, you're not just dealing with molecular and cellular studies, uh, individual nerve cells, and like you talked about earlier. So, you know, this is, not, this is not just, you know, the basic motor tasks of the human brain. They're literally trying to map out the cerebral cortex of the victim using trauma. Hello. I know it's a mouthful. It is. It is a lot for the entry level person that has little experience with this. Okay, let's say let's say you're like me. Okay, where your foot is just through the door. You've only been in this for like ten years, and you're still learning. Or you know, what 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 would you have to say to the uninitiated that never heard of such things? Now. It's our job to spread the word and, you know, put everything out there. Like, how would you package it in a way to where, like, the average person can understand some of this? Well, I, I, try, to, I try to make it as simple as possible by just telling people that a, the, a computer multiplexer is routing the signal. This, this bidirectional stream of energy contains a, what's called a hidden carrier frequency. The hidden carrier frequency is, this, is the stream of photons specifically tuned to the brainwave signature of the victim. Okay, so... The, the, the routing that signal, that hidden carrier frequency uh, the in, inside the stream of electromagnetic frequency waves uh, to a tower satellite or mobile platform, and then the tower satellite or mobile platform is relaying the stream of the signal to the, to the victim, uh, the digital receiver. Similar, uh, this is making, I'm going to make it real simple now, okay, similar to how cell phone technology works, okay? So the digital receiver is tracked and pinpointed in real time just like a cell phone, except with CIA and DIA mind control technology. The digital receiver is not a phone. It's a human brain. 
the brain of the victim has been digitalized by the nanotechnology inside of it. You have literally become a walking digital receiver. Do you have any thoughts on how to get some straight answers from people when you call them? Because they're never going to answer the question. These are top secret technologies. That's a given. Okay, they're, you're not supposed to even know that it's being done to you. So, in the quest right. to get straight answers from places and people and the law and you know the powers that be, however you want to word it. Okay, there's got to be a way to come at them in force with numbers of and of people that are just tired of it, but you know, I don't, I don't see anything improving in the whole general population because because I think the general population is under some form of blanket mind control. Well, yeah, I mean, you've got you know your major media press, your major media, uh, main, so-called mainstream media, yeah. uh, from religious programming to major, media programming to to the news syndicates, uh, you know, it's all heavily controlled and manipulated. The information is, is, is heavily controlled and manipulated. So uh, that's why they're, they're so uh, worried about the Internet. The Pentagon hates the Internet. They've actually, the Pentagon now has actually labeled the Internet as an enemy communications platform um, because they can't control it. And the reason that the Pentagon cannot control the Internet is because it's too decentralized. Uh, there's just there's just billions of networks around the world. There's no way for them to be able to control all of that. So what they do is they flood the internet, specifically these um, these alternative media uh, news sources, news outlets like the Kev Baker Show and, and others. They they flood the, the 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 internet with these disinformation and misinformation and misdirection and false key search terms and. And the algorithms that they're using uh, on Google and these other major search engines are structured in a way to actually mislead uh, the public who actually searches for the information to make sure that they receive misinformation and disinformation. Disinformation is lies. Misinformation is half-truths. It's much easier to spot a lie than it is a half-truth, okay? And they know that. Um, they simply cannot control the Internet, so they're flooding it with all, this, with all, with all these lies and half-truths. Um, where, you know, the, the, people, the people who are searching for the truth can't, can no longer rely on those Internet sites, the alternative news sources and outlets, as sources of truth. So they're literally forced back into the arena of mainstream media programming where information can, can be more easily controlled and manipulated. That's, that's what they're doing. So it's not, it's not that people out there are, are, are deliberately misleading. Uh, it's just people out there are, are, are deliberately misled. Uh, and those who do have the information – uh, like Fred, Dr. Fred Rigi, who was assassinated just hours before he was getting ready to do a, uh, an interview with Jesse Ventura on mind control technologies. He, he had inside information on the technology. He suddenly died of a heart attack, dropped, dropped dead in the prime of his life. Uh, people, you know, people who have the inside information on this technology know better than to talk about it. Um, um, and, you know, so few will, uh, knowing full well what will happen to them and their families. So it's not, you know, so much that it, there's a, great, there's a great deal of fear, especially, especially in the intelligence agencies. Um, you know, you could say there are good people in the FBI and the NSA, et cetera, and that would be true to some extent. Uh, there are no good people, no good moral or ethical people in the CIA. You know, they may come into the agency as idealists, but they're, you know, they're soon and slowly corrupted in the, pro in the process of their, in their training and training. 
or they're pushed to the to the margins of of, of the so-called company and then you know out the door. They just there just aren't no good moral people in the uh, in the CIA. They couldn't survive if they were. So that's what you're dealing with. You're dealing with top secret information. Few people have inside information on, and those who do know better than to talk. So, I mean, how long have you been playing this? I know I've, I've been following you since you've been traveling around. You've met this, what is it, Ecuador? You're, you're doing something with them? Um, yeah, i got human, human rights attorneys in Ecuador. They're already retained. Um, it cost me a whole lot of money uh, to do that. But uh, they're, they're retained, uh, and that, that law firm in Ecuador is now uh, uh, already has a court date set May 22nd where they're filing a lawsuit and at, at that hearing we'll, uh, we'll, we'll demand that the government uh, the agency which rejected my um, my, my uh, asylum claim uh, for humanitarian protection from the American government, they're, they're going to demand that they reconsider that and, 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 and offer me a new hearing and the, the law firm believes that it will happen um, the, the American embassy personnel were hammered right after they rejected my my claim, my asylum claim, is being you know too fanciful and fantastic in nature to be true. Right after that, the, the American personnel at the embassy were hammered, you know, with, with the same technology I got hit with. Even in Havana, I was in Havana three times and got hammered with this technology in, in, in hotels in Havana. So I can tell you, um, this can be done from thousands of miles away. The, the, the American personnel in, in Havana uh, were not targeted by the Cubans or even inside the country of Cuba. They were targeted by the Chinese or the Russians. Europeans would have no, no vested interest in attacking an ally. They were targeted by either the Chinese or the Russians using this technology. Remember, all of those who were hit, all the American personnel in the embassy who were hit, were actually spies under covert State Department uh, uh, false identities. So that, that should tell you something about who, who was behind the attack. Well, so taking that, that evidence, the, the human rights attorneys in Ecuador are, are moving forward with a lawsuit. But I've got to be back down there to do interviews and, and to, comp- to compile evidence and everything, and that's becoming a real problem. Uh, I was actually en route from Ecuador to Beijing when I, got, when I, had, I had to go through LAX. And then, you know, I, I couldn't continue the trip because my back was hurting so bad. So I stopped, went to the hospital to get painkillers. That's when the chaos began. So I ended up having to go down to San Diego to try to get the painkillers from my previous doctors. I still haven't been able to get them, and it's just been more chaos. So I'm kind of, you know, my passport's been stolen. I've been set up and entrapped by, by uh, law enforcement using bait-and-switch tactics with organized stalkers. They froze my bank account, said I owe back taxes. It's just, it's just one thing after another down here. So um, that's where I stand right now. But, you know, fortunately... You know, the, the information is slowly leaking out. Um, and in 20, like I said, 20 years, people will believe these atrocities happen. But they'll also seek to justify it. They'll also seek to say, well, yeah, but we're, you know, a kinder and gentler society. We'd never allow that to happen, you know, 20 years from now. Well, you know, in 20 years, it'll be even more horrific and more satanic in nature because the technology will be even more sophisticated. So the torture will become more sophisticated. There's no touch torture will become more sophisticated. Um, and you know, what, they're, what they're gonna tell you, what they're gonna tell the American people, they've gotta introduce, slowly introduce this technology into the market. 
uh, and what they're going to tell the, the American people. Now, bear in mind, they have 318 million Americans who have nanotechnology in their bodies, the majority of whom have no idea. Okay, so, you know, you would think that there would be a public outrage the moment that's discovered. But what they're going to tell the American people is this is for the betterment of humanity, uh, for the protection of the environment, the water supply, etc., that this will be a boon to our economy, that, you know, this is, we're turning America into a neuro-society and the industrialized nations of the world into a neuro-society where people can communicate with each other by way of their brainwaves uh, and with computers by way of their brainwaves. So they're going to say it's, you know, this is, this is for the betterment of humanity, which is an absolute lie. This is a weapon system, and it's going to be used to censor and control the masses, okay? But that's the lie that they're going to, they're going to tell. They're going to use disinformation and misinformation to gradually, uh, you know, merge the technology with, with, you know, and eventually, um, you know, everyone will, will be forced either to participate in the technology or they'll be ostracized from society, eventually fined and arrested, et cetera. Um, but, you know, like I said, I mean, the three main purposes are censorship, memory management, and direct behavioral control. They must censor your activities. And they use trauma and pain to do that. They use drowsiness. They use dizziness. They use vandalism of your property. They use organized stalking, slander. But, I mean, they have various methods of, of being able to censor the victim, to isolate the victim. That's a form of censorship, isolation. Um, it's also a form of sensory deprivation to make sure that you're isolated from friends and families, from any, any, any way of building a support network. This is very important for their technology. So what they do is they create a hostile environment everywhere you go to force you back into your home or apartment where once you're isolated from any external activities or external interference that may go on, uh, then the, the technology can work more effectively on your brain. Your brain is forced to internalize or internally focus on the neuroprogramming. So that, that's, that's one of the main reasons. It's called censorship. And basically it just means to restrict the victim at will from engaging in any type of external activities which interfere with their, with their technology. The second is called memory management. That's basically, um, well, it's a lot more complicated, way, way more complicated than what I'm going to make it, but I'm going to make it real simple. It's blocking your real memories and injecting with fabricated and falsified memories. Okay? Anytime you think of something, it becomes a memory, the moment you think of it. Well, fabricated memories, remember, blocking and injection methods. That, that, that's mind control. Okay, blocking and injection. Okay, so, so what the, when I say they're blocking your real memories, what I mean is they're using the technology to interfere with your memory and thought process so that you become either dependent upon the system or even if you're you know, not dependent upon the system, at least they can, de they can determine that the responses that they're receiving from you are consistent in nature. At that point, the RNN supercomputer goes into attack mode at speed of light with what are called thought-triggered attacks uh, with, you know, to make you believe that you know, the anxiety, the dishonesty, the positive recognition, et cetera, are your own responses when, in fact, they're not. They're artificial uh, in impulse injections, motivational impulses, and these, these remote neural attacks called memory management. They're basically using two things against you, fabricated and falsified. Fabricated are your own real memories that the RM supercomputer was able to capture uh, during the silent monitoring period because they're not, the system is not actually monitoring every thought in real time. It doesn't have, they don't have the storage capacity for that, Okay. To, to, too many people involved, too many people being targeted with this technology don't have the storage capacity to do that. So it happens in segments, okay? 
the, the remote neural monitoring, remote neural manipulation happens in segments. Well, what happens is the supercomputer is monitoring you during what is called the silent monitoring period each day. And whatever it is able to capture, okay, it then takes that memory, your own real memory, and it will inject it back into your subconscious over and over and over in order to manipulate you, to deceive you, to, to force you, to pitch you into some type of action or access sequence uh, for the purposes of verification, et cetera. So, you know, say, for example, you know, a memory of your childhood or a memory of a, of, a, of, a, of a relationship that you had. You thought of it, the system captured it, now it's holding that memory in its database, and it will begin to inject the memory over and over every 30, 60, 90 seconds, every five minutes, whatever, whatever the injection pattern is, okay, in order to force, to censor your thoughts, to disrupt your normal memory and thought process, a form of censorship, okay, but also to get you to, to, to verify the effectiveness of their technology. In other words, they want you to pick up the phone and call that old relationship, or they want you to, you know, uh, to go into the, to, to the kitchen and make a peanut butter sandwich. They don't care anything about peanut butter sandwiches. What they care about is their technology, but they just capture the memory of peanut butter from you. So this supercomputer is, the one that is actually the one attacking you, this conscious computer, okay, uh, with a will, intellect, and emotion of its own, actually locks on to your emotional state, okay? And, and, and it's able to engage in what are called thought-triggered attacks. Energy travels at the speed of light. So the system is actually monitoring your thoughts in real time. It attacks you. It captures. The system is designed to remotely capture random bits of your senses, your thoughts, your emotions, etc. And then once it, you know, it captures, randomly captures, remotely captures those, those bits, those random bits of your senses, Okay, your thoughts. Then it begins to fabricate stories, and these stories are actual mental suggestions. And they will use your previous memories to do that. And it will inject those previous memories, these mental suggestions, back into your subconscious over and over at regular intervals, in order to fool you, to deceive and manipulate you into you know into some type of verbalization or related action. That's what I mean when I say an action or access sequence. You actually need you to verbalize or engage in some type of action with regard to that remote neural attack, okay? So, they, you know, they'll use whatever you respond to. They don't care whether it's good or evil. What they care about is that you respond. Once they determine what you will respond to, that's when they, the organized stalking goes into effect with, these, with the street theater. These, or, these, you know, the situational and conversational scenarios are always going to be specifically tailored to whatever events or topics they know will capture your attention. If they cannot capture your attention, their technology fails. It's right, just that simple. They're, 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 they're eliciting a response from you. Okay? They, they, you, you. You've done action A, and the result is result A. And they, they, you know, they are projecting that you may do result B. And so if, if you do not produce the expected resulted behavior, and now you are to be punished. Okay, so this is what I'm getting into with the punishment. And they may well, not necessarily punishment, because remember, only trauma-based mind control, yeah, but state-of-the-art mind control, no, they wouldn't punish you. You know, what it means is, you know, another program, what it means is their technology fails. Say, for example, the system keeps injecting peanut butter into your, into your subconscious at regular intervals. They want you to get up and go make a peanut butter sandwich or eat some peanut butter cookies or some peanut butter ice cream. But say you go into the kitchen and grab the pickles instead. Their technology just failed, and they've got to start all over with a new verification routine. They don't want to do that. 
Okay, so so it's not necessarily that you know you're in punishment uh, stage. It's it's that it's that the verification routine that was necessary in order to prove the effectiveness of their technology just failed. And they got to start all over again. Well, they, they okay. were expecting a response. They didn't get it, and and then now they're gonna they got to go back and try it again. You see what I'm getting at? It's it's um, behavioral modification based on behavior modification to death. Not behavior modification. Very, very crucial topic and subject that TIs must understand. This is not behavior modification. This is behavior modification to death. Okay? Listen, these are terminal experiments. Trauma-based mice kill victims now, not state-of-the-art and other programs. I don't know much about them. But trauma-based mice kill, you know, the non-consensual human experimentation that's going on, most of the victims die from the physical effects of the torture on their, you know, their internal organs, et cetera. You know, they, they die a premature death, and that's by design. They don't want witnesses. They don't want people who come back in the future and testify against them. They don't want loose cannons running around, et cetera. Um, but, yeah, responses, I mean, it's all about your responses. I mean, they need to map out each vector of your emotional state, and so they need to keep forcing you into uh, different emotions, emotional patterns. It's all about your responses. In, a, in other words, each time you respond, it produces an electromagnetic emission pattern in your brain, which the R&M supercomputer can remotely measure and integrate back into R&M data as it builds a cognitive model of your brain to one day achieve direct behavioral control over you. Okay? Before they can ever achieve direct behavioral control of you, they must first map out your brain. They must create a cognitive model. Once that happens, you're in serious, serious danger. Um, but it takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. So these responses, these synaptic responses in your brain are remotely measured from a distance sometimes thousands of miles away. Um, and depending on the location of the tower, the satellite or mobile platform that they're using. So, so they need to keep you constantly responding to, to the chaos, to the trauma. That's what the hypergame theory is. The hypergame theory is designed to force you into a never-ending series of counter moves, into a never-ending series of, of, of forced adjustments. Um, because each adjustment, each counter move is, is an evoked potential. It's a, it's a synaptic response in your brain. So each day, they're just going to keep provoking you over and over and over. And as soon as you're able to overcome, you know, the chaos or the trauma in one area of your life, they're just going to create chaos in other areas. And even the torture is based on this mathematical model, this, this, this formula called the, the hypergame theory, okay? So, uh, you know, that's what this is about. They're, you know, um, it, it really is diabolical or satanic in nature, but it has to be. You know, if, if you're trauma-based, you know, it has to be. Uh, for their technology to work properly. So, you know, what they'll do is, when I say, inter, you know, when I say interfere with your memory and thought process, what I mean is the system will begin injecting with auditory sequences or visual sequences that you don't recognize to, 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 to stop your, your normal memory and thought process. Okay, these, these, auditory, these, these, these auditory sequences uh, and, and, and visual sequences are what are called visual and verbal entrainments. Now, I'm not talking about the neuroprogramming. Okay, that happens at night in your sleep, et cetera. I'm talking about the, the ability of the system that keeps your brain constantly entrained to, it, to the supercomputer. Brain entrainment is a process, a 24-hour-a-day process. It's not a one-time event. Um, that's why the technology is so fragile, okay, in, in so many different ways to easily dis, to disrupt it and even one way to permanently defeat it um, that I know of. And so, you know, these visual and verbal entrainments are, are generally at the subconscious level. Or sometimes you can, you can pick up on the synthetic telepathy, some of the words they're using. 
you close your eyes at night, you can see images, two-dimensional images, for example, of, of faces, human faces or biomorphic faces staring back at you. you know, you're going to constantly see that. And that's, that's, that's very important for their neural programming now because, because the, the organized stalkers are trained to stare at the victim. So they'll stare at you for hours until you look their way. And as soon as you look their way, they'll turn, their, they'll turn away real quick. They're trying to capture your attention. Okay? And then as soon as you, you look away, they'll turn back and start staring at you again. And then they'll look away. And then they'll start staring at you again and look away. That's the hyper game theory. That's forcing you into continuous responses. Okay? Uh, again, it's, you know, it's, all about, it's all about your their ability to capture your attention and to provoke you into emotional responses. It's, that's how they map your brain. If you don't respond, it, it really messes up their technology. So how is the brain never stops working? So that leads us into one question in the chat room down here. Somebody wants to know how they can become better at reading active memory. I guess the question is, what what specifically are they using to read? Okay, you, you broke up. Memory, I guess it's it's uh, like you're saying it's some sort of photonic apparatus that's able to like get inside the activity no. and in that area of the brain that is doing the I mean I don't know you can address it but um the question is how do they read your active memory and how can you protect that? What is a protective measure that you can do to protect well, your Okay. So, however you feel. Okay. All right. This is this is this is really going to take a, a few minutes to answer this. Okay. Um, Just, you don't have to give up the whole thing. Just an overview and whatever you feel is relevant. Because I just I, I have well, I have my thoughts on how it works, but I want to get your opinion on it because. I just I want to get you down on as much of the recording as I can, and I'm trying to get more folks on here to ask a couple more questions. So whatever you feel is relevant. Well, reading active memory. Okay, listen. Uh, when you talk about memory, it's a really big subject. Okay, you're talking about residual memory, active memory, etc. I mean, you know, let's just make it real simple. Okay, you have short-term memory and long-term memory. Okay, short-term memory is anything less than 30 seconds. Long-term memory is anything longer than 30 seconds. Okay, this technology is designed to manipulate your short-term memory. It's called active memory by scientists, neuroscientists, etc., because it is those thoughts you're actively pondering at that moment. Okay, so the system is, 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 is now I'm not saying they don't use long-term memory management, you know, falsified memories layered in during the neuroprogramming, etc. Yes, that does happen. But primarily, the technology is designed to target your active memory, your short-term memory, to constantly shape your thoughts and behavior, to constantly, through deception and manipulation, uh, achieve, uh, how can I say it, to manipulate your, 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 daily, your, your, your emotional perceptions and, 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 daily, and daily motives, okay, as you go about your day. You know, it, it, it's constantly attacking. You're getting, you're getting attacked hundreds and hundreds. I don't mean 800. I mean, you know, 500, 750 times, sometimes more than that. Yeah, every day, these, these attacks are speed of light. The system locks on to your emotional state and is reading your memory in real time. Okay, the reason that's possible is because this is a continuous 24-hour, a continuous stream of energy. It's not a beam of anything. Somebody said it was a 
laser beam or something. No, it's not. Okay? It's a stream. It's a continuous 24-hour bidirectional stream of energy. It's called the information and injection feedback loop. Scientists call it the neural link. Okay? This, this neural link between the supercomputer and your brain is continuous. That's why your ears are ringing a lot of the time. That's why you're, you know, when you close your eyes, you see these flashes and streaks of light. That's called phosphates. Your optic nerves and your eyes being stimulated by the uh, uh, stream of elect this continuous stream of electromagnetic low, in, uh, low frequency waves are targeting your cerebral cortex with. Well, that's, those are some of the universal symptoms of it. But, but reading active memory is actually a way to counter their ability to, to do that, to shape your thoughts and behavior by the manipulation of your daily motives and emotional perceptions. So that's what I call quenching. Okay, quenching is basically it's, it's learning to determine, to contrast your normal memory and thought process from their remote neural attacks, from their impulse injection. Okay, so what you're doing is you know, you're, you're contrasting your, your, the normal memory uh, and, and, and your normal memory and thinking process, you know, from, from, from these, these, these new powerful, where do these powerful emotions come from? You know, this is not the way I used to think. Why am I constantly, habitually, uh, uh, obsessively thinking about the same thing over and over again? That's a pattern, okay? That's a pattern. These patterns are what identify the attacks from your normal memory and thought process. If you're sitting there obsessively and compulsively thinking about the same thing over and over at regular intervals, every 30, 60, 90 seconds, whatever, okay, every five minutes, 10 minutes, okay, that's a pattern, okay? That's, that's the supercomputer attacking you. That is not your normal memory and thought process. So you must learn to contrast your own normal memory and thought process from the system's remote neural attacks and impulse injections. And it's very important now, okay? When I say impulse injections, I mean, these, 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 these remote neural attacks and impulse injections are simultaneous at speed of light. So in, energy travels at speed of light. They're called thought-triggered attacks. So they'll, they'll, they'll target you with a previous memory of your own or some falsified memory they were able to layer in. And then simultaneously at speed of light, a split second later, they'll target you with, the, with that specific motivational impulse that they were able to map out and capture uh, the correct electromagnetic emission pattern for in your brain, such as love, hate, not love, okay, but lust, hate, fear, paranoia, anxiety, etc. Okay, these are called motivational impulses. It's called impulse injection. So, so suddenly, you know, what they'll do is they'll target you with severe agitation every time, you know, the, the organized stalking is timed in sequence with these remote neural attacks to cause you to become severely agitated. Every time the organized stalker starts staring at you or get around you, okay, whereas other people can just walk away from it, okay, you can't. You can't because you're, 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 what's happening is the, the system is not just trying to manipulate your active memory, okay. Uh, it's also targeting you with these, with, these, with these motivational impulses to cause you to lash out in a violent rage against your attackers, to set you up and frame you, have you thrown in a mental institution, et cetera. So the system doesn't, the supercomputer that's attacking you, what happens is, they determine your, the correct – They could. everyone has a unique brainwave signature. It's like a set of fingerprints. Nobody on Earth has the same set of fingerprints. Well, nobody on Earth has the same brainwave signature, okay? And so what they do is they determine you – know, they can do this for thousands of miles away now, okay, using timing and location. They determine your brain, the correct brainwave signature, whatever it is, okay? And once they determine – your, it's called the digital brainwave imprint. And once they determine your, your correct brainwave signature – they then take that brainwave signature, that digital brainwave imprint, and they upload it back to their conscious computer. Then they tie you 
literally, they tie you remotely, tie you to that supercomputer for life by way of this continuous stream of electromagnetic low frequency waves that's interfering with your cerebral cortex, your, your memory and thought process. Okay, so that's how you know these these you know, these yeah auditory and visual sequences. Which, I mean, it's, it's part two of the discussion, which is the actual shielding part of the discussion, where you know we talk about shielding topics on here a lot. And, and the, the same topics keep coming around because people get the paint and they get the mylar and they get the magnets and that helps some stuff. But you know, magnets, when, magnets, and mylar, listen, passive materials are what, almost totally ineffective. What 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 is your take on the best way to protect that? Well, okay. That you don't want anybody accessing it. Like they must they must have ways to protect themselves. Uh huh. Okay, yeah, of course. I mean, obviously, they, they have a method of, of, uh, of passive shielding using, uh, for example, super, superconductor materials and electromagnetic frequencies that can then block or jam these signals. Obviously, they can do that. Okay, all right, so there are four methods of shielding. Passive shielding, chemical shielding, mental shielding, and electronic jamming. The only one that works for certain is electronic jamming. It's not possible for us. We don't have the money to afford the hardware and the software, the supercomputers, okay? Which would be able to to counter at speed of light these 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 conscious computers that are attacking you with the series of conscious computers that they're attacking you with uh, because these these conscious computers are programmed with hyper game theory algorithms. Okay, the moment you're able to counter at a specific phase frequency or amplitude that stream of energy, the RNN system is 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 programmed with these hyper game theory algorithms to counter at speed of light whatever you're able to do to stop to to prevent you from defeating the technology. So passive shielding is just the use of passive materials like metal or Teflon, et cetera. Um, and, it, you know, some people say that at certain frequencies they do get some relief. Um, the problem is you need to understand the, the, the properties of electromagnetic energy simply by, by modulation of the phase frequency and amplitude of that specific stream they're targeting you with, the system can easily penetrate Whatever it is you're trying to shield with, even if it's you know heavy metal. Uh, now, if you were able to to build a a uh, an enclosed uh, capsule of uh, that was properly grounded with its own ventilation and cooling system that was made of superconductor materials, then theoretically that would block the signal. The problem is it's just not it's just not practical. You know, even if it was you know properly grounded and uh, you know properly uh, constructed. You just be living in a coffin for the rest of your life. It's it's just not possible or practical to do that. Um, but theoretically, superconductor materials, properly constructed and grounded, etc., would block the signal, and that's what they're using. Um, and they, they have the ability to do that. We don't. We simply don't. Uh, so electronic jamming is simply not. Even if you had the money to, to spend the millions of dollars it would take to to build to build these supercomputers. You first have to isolate the signal. And remember, these, these, these modulations are speed of light. So once you're able to isolate the signal, the system just counters the speed of light with a new signal. So, you know, you would need a supercomputer that was able to, to match, go head-to-head with their conscious This series, not one, but a series of conscious computers that are attacking you. Okay? And, and it's just not possible to do that. But even if you could, you still don't have the expertise to operate such equipment. And even if you did, they just send their goon squads into your house and tear it up. 
as soon as you left or they you know disable it with a pulse of energy, which they can do from thousands of miles away with speed of light precision, they're not going to allow you to defeat their technology, okay? So the system is programmed to counter whatever it is you do to try to, to, to defeat the technology. So passive materials can easily be defeated by the system simply by, by like I said, modulating the, the stream. Um, but that's just the use of, that's called passive shielding. The second, remember, electronic jam is the only one that works. We can't do it, okay? The second uh, method of shielding is called chemical shielding. It does have some, some good effects. Um, you know, for example, uh, there are med medications that you can take uh, to help the, the paranoia and the fear and the stress and the anxiety. Um, but you also have to be careful because those, those uh, chemicals, Valium, et cetera, can be, you know, very addictive, okay? And the system is programmed with these hypergame theory algorithms to use whatever destructive habits you have against you. So if you have a drug habit, they'll make you, they'll make you do more drugs. You have a drinking problem, they'll make you drink more. You have eating problem, they'll make you eat more, smoke more, you know, whatever. Um, so, you know, that's chemical shielding. For example, um, the system was targeting me, and I, I began taking uh, uh, medication to help me sleep, Xanax, and it did help. Um, they began targeting me with what's called beta programming. They were using uh, a specific frequency, causing me to burn with lust, you know. Um, Every, you know, they, they, and then they, the, the, the organized stalking of beautiful women was timed in sequence with that data program. So I, I used chemical shielding. I was able to counter with chemical shielding using a, a, a medicine the doctor prescribed called Androstat. And it, it stopped the, uh, the, the motivational impulses of life. And, and, and the Xanax helped with the motivational impulses of rage. It's called impulse sequencing. Okay? So chemical shielding does have some effects. Uh, you know, it's not a perfect... Uh, it's not going to you know, stop the attacks. It's not going to stop the torture. Um, but it does help the victim to, to cope with what's happening. But again, it's, it's limited. It's just it's not, it's not, going, it's not the end-all, be-all uh, uh, remedy for, for what's happening to, to trauma-based mind control victims. The, the no-touch torture will continue. The most effective form of shielding, remember there are four, passive shielding, chemical shielding, mental shielding, electronic channels. The most effective form of shielding from this technology is mental shielding. The reason mental shielding is so effective is because of this bidirectional stream. The bidirectional stream allows them to download, upload at speed of light, okay, to uh, inject uh, with, you know, uh, memories, falsified, fabricated memories, uh, two-dimensional images, visual sequences, auditory sequences, uh, uh, Etc. Okay, so so what, what it's doing is again it's illuminating your brain. They're illuminating your brain with this stream of photons, and then the, the nanotechnology inside your brain, adhering to the neurotransmitters inside your brain, is actually interfacing with that stream of photons, and then they read the return training signal. It's bidirectional. Mental shielding disrupts the return training signal. That's why mental shielding is so effective. I want to say that a second time. It disrupts, mental shielding disrupts the return training signal, okay? So listening to pleasing music is a good form of mental shielding. I mean, it just, reeks, it just creates chaos, absolute chaos in their technology. Um, it, it lights up just about every region of the brain with electromagnetic energy inside the neural pathways. It can't make sense of any type of coherent patterns of thought. Uh, it 
it entrains the brain away from the visual and, and, and auditory uh, sequences they're using, the visual and verbal entrainments to try and keep your brain constantly entrained to the supercomputer. Well, pleasing music becomes the dominant external stimulus and entrains your brain away from the visual and verbal entrainments, breaking brain entrainment with the supercomputer and, and disrupting their technology. Um, it also, uh, pleasing music, and I'm just using this as an example. There are other ways. Pleasing music yeah, disrupt, temporarily alters your brainwave signature. Remember, they're dependent upon that brainwave signature. Okay, they need to make sense of what they see on their on their virtual in their virtual interface. You know, somebody said their computer screen. Now they're not using a computer screen. They're using a virtual interface. Okay, think of a a, a virtual headset, but they don't need the headset because they got the neurochip inside their body or their gear. So they could create a a, a virtual drop down menu, uh, uh, simply by just looking at a, a book or a or a computer screen or a a magazine. The, the, the magazine, the book, becomes the backdrop of this virtual interface that only they can see because only they possess this electronic brain-to-brain interface, this neurochip. Um, so one screen that they'll pull up on the virtual interface, they could be sitting right next to you on the plane and do this, train, bus, whatever, um, is a, you know, a, a screen that only they can see of your brainwave patterns, alpha, beta, delta, theta. And then the next screen they'll pull up parallel to that on their virtual interface will be a, uh, uh, a signal of, of their brainwave patterns, the clone, the, the, the psychic soldier, the, the, the clone member of the high mighty. And so, so what they're attempting to do is they're attempting to engage in what's called EEG heterodyne, the mixing of brainwave signals. To, to, this is part of the training, research, and development that, that goes on. Uh, and then the third uh, menu that they'll pull up, drop-down menu, will be on that virtual interface, okay, will be a combination of the clone's brainwave signature, the psychiatrist, psychologist, neuroscientist, that clone, okay, and your brainwave signature. It's called EEG heterodyne. Okay, well, mental shielding disrupts all of that, you know. And there are other ways to create a dominant external stimulus. Um, there are other ways to, to disrupt their technology. For example, Engaging in, in multiple uh, actions and tasks at one time, such as whistle while you work, uh, listening to music while running or reading a book, uh, you know, cooking while watching television. These are, this is called multitasking. And what it does is it creates multiple patterns of thought inside your brain. Their technology, the supercomputer, in order for verification to work pro- properly, they need to establish single coherent patterns of thought. They're correlating the electromagnetic emission patterns in your brain to your behavior. They're taking these, imp- these impulses and identifiers. They're linking patterns, the electromagnetic emission patterns of your brain with the impulses and identifiers that they see. Okay? Well, you know, uh, pleasing music and other forms of, of, of uh, creating a dominant external stimulus just wreak havoc in that. Can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I'm listening. And we do got a couple of people with their hand up, I guess. Um... And I, I don't know. I mean, feel free, feel free to chime in and ask Brian a question. Going once. Yeah. Well, they, they may not be able to. Hello. Hello. Yes. Yes, Mr. Chu. I have a question. So you're saying that you you take Xanax and that helps you sleep, right? Well, yeah, for me, you know, it's chemical, a form of chemical shielding. Yeah. I took the androstat to combat the, the motivational impulses. Yes, of, I've heard of a, Yeah, okay. Okay, well, I take over 100 milligrams of a 
similar drug that's called Valium, and it doesn't help me because my brain is too fried, you know? <clears throat> but when I take a bit of cannabis, it helps me sleep. So you can take 100 milligrams of Valium, and it does nothing to you. And you can take just a little bit of cannabis, and it helps you sleep. And I was, I was wondering if, if you have any knowledge about the endocannabinoid system in all of this uh, i'm sorry i have i have no point of reference on that except that i would be very careful in doing in using any type of, of drug to manipulate uh my my memory and thought process which that's what cannabis marijuana will do okay it uh it causes you to it inhibits the the, the basic motor tasks of, of the human anatomy your brain the motor cortex would you like to hear okay, the answer then. to your question, or would you like to keep making noise? Yeah, the, noise the noise, the noise came, the noise came from somewhere else. I, I am now endorsing the CBD oil. I just, I just tried the CBD oil like last month, and wow, it did it! It made a big, big difference in the anti-anxiety department. This is not a medicinal marijuana. This is a CBD oil that doesn't have the part of it that makes you high, but it contains the oil out of, out of the, I guess, the cannabinoid hemp. The hemp oil, it, it made all the difference for me. I was, you know, when, when I can get some more, I'm going to get some more. Obviously, for your about chemicals and chemistry, you know, uh, use it but don't abuse it. I have no point of reference. Oil, yeah. but it doesn't work. But I have no point of reference on cannabis. You understand the discrepancy, right? A hundred milligrams of volume. You understand that amount, right? Well, I obviously understand it. I mean, they're, they're targeting me heavily with sleep deprivation torture every night. I mean, uh, you know, I'm taking, uh, you know, heavy sleep medication, and within minutes after I fall asleep, they wake me up. With what, a pulse what, of energy. Works, what works for one person may not work for another person because... So Correct. That's right. Well, here's the point. The point I was trying to make was, before the interruption came, okay, was that anything which lowers your energy level, listen, or vitality, energy level or vitality, okay, anything which lowers that makes you more susceptible to the mind control program. It doesn't, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't help you. It makes you... It makes you more uh, susceptible to be to, to this programming to work properly. So you don't want to do anything that's going to to, to inhibit the basic uh, functions of the human brain. It would be, uh, you know, that's exactly what they want you to do. Okay. Now, you know, rest, sleeping is a basic function of the human brain. I'm talking about taking, you know, drugs like, uh, you know, marijuana or heroin or something of that nature. You know, to try and to try and counter the technology. That's exactly what they want you to do. Okay, uh, don't do anything which lowers your energy level of vitality. Scientists have discovered that that the the mental functions uh, of the brain and, and the energy and vitality of the victim are closely related. So what they want to do is they want to keep your brain in a state of functional disorientation. Now, when you start taking marijuana or heroin or some of the drugs, you're literally placing your brain albeit temporarily, in a state of functional disorientation, which is exactly what they need to happen for their technology to be most effective. 
They need to keep your brain in a constant state of functional disorientation. That's why sleep deprivation torture is used so much on victims of this technology, to, to keep you in theta state or to be able to artificially drop you, you know, with each uh, remote neural attack into theta state. Okay, so what they do is they use sleep deprivation. I'm just going to give you an example of functional disorientation and why you shouldn't engage in anything that causes that for your brain, marijuana or anything else. What they do is they'll use sleep deprivation torture, for example, to, to bring you into a state of functional disorientation where your brain, your memory and thought process is, is, is you know, you have cognitive impairment, your memory, you have memory loss, you begin to hallucinate. All that helps their technology. It doesn't hinder it, okay? Um, so, so what they'll do is after they, you know, they've got you sleep deprived for a few days, they'll artificially push you back up into alpha, beta, delta state. So it appears that you're alert and you have, you know, energy to function and survive, but that's an illusion. That's an absolute illusion. What they're doing is they're, once they've got you severely tired, drowsy, disoriented, functionally disoriented, okay, your brain. They drop you at speed of light. Energy travels at speed of light. These thought-triggered attacks, these remote neural attacks are speed of light. And they literally are able to drop you in a split second into theta state with each remote neural attack. So you cannot recognize, this is the key now, so that you cannot recognize modification of your active memory. So if you're on marijuana or heroin or some other substance, it only helps their technology. It doesn't hinder it. Because you cannot recognize in real-time modification of your active memory when your brain is placed into a state of constant functional disorientation. It's not possible for you to recognize the remote neural attacks in real-time. So don't do it. Don't get on marijuana or any other you know, substance which, which inhibits, which, which, which makes it easier for their technology to work properly. Just don't do it. I'm, I'm warning you, don't do it. Don't do anything that places your brain into a state of functional disorientation. Well, I would agree to disagree on that because my case is of another nature, but okay, thank you, Mr. Two. Listen, you know what? I mean, we're not we're not dispensing medical advice on here. I'm certainly not a doctor. If you are right. if you are ill, then you need to go seek medical attention, but I, I just, I only tried the CBD oil because I, it was there and I had a chance to try it. I usually don't go to such things, and I, I only tried it just because I was around, I was able to get some, but it helped me. Well, I, don't I mean... Really do I don't. I don't really do any other drugs. You know, I mean, I drink my beer and enjoy my refreshment and all that and that. But that's. I would do that anyway if I was not being messed with. And I. I think there's a balance between. You have to be able to read. You have to be able to read active memory in order. The the very first stage of countering, and disrupting, and, and eventually defeating their technology, is the ability of the victim to read active memory. If you cannot read active memory in real time, everything else will collapse. Every other type of, of, of shielding that you, whether it be passive shielding, chemical shielding, mental shielding, doesn't matter. If you can't read active memory, you're a sitting duck. Okay, you're just a sitting duck. You, you know, you're going to be running in circles your whole life until the day of your untimely death. You must, must be able to read it, read active memory. And reading, again, reading active memory means the ability to counter these 
these restrictions, this blocking of your real memories and thoughts and, and injecting with fabricated and falsified memories and thoughts. And that's based on your ability. This is reading active memory. I'm explaining it to you. To contrast your normal memory and thought process from the system's influence. To contrast the system's influence from your own willful activity. Okay? So, the, you know, V2K, uh, uh, for example, synthetic telepathy, all these, you must be able to recognize in real time as it's happening, the pattern. You must be able to read active memory. Where do these powerful emotions come from? And alcohol and drugs and other substances which would, would inhibit your, your basic, you know, motor tasks of the human anatomy, your ability to, to concentrate, et cetera. All you're doing is, you're, is you're, actually, you're actually just making it easier for their technology to work properly. Okay. Now, I, I'm not here to give medical advice. I'm just sort of work out and lift a little weights and do a little bike riding and get out and put your feet on the ground and you know you can kind of get out and enjoy a little fresh air and work tax your body a little bit and lift some weights. You know that kind of helps it. Right. So, so for example, so for example, reading active memory is quenching. That's what I call quenching. Listening to pleasing music and lifting weights would be an example of multitasking, doing multiple things at one time, creating multiple patterns of thought which they cannot make sense of on the virtual interface. The system cannot determine coherent single patterns of thought from. Uh, another is spontaneity. Spontaneity uh, is extremely effective at disrupting their technology because everything they're doing is based on pattern recognition. Remember, they're looking for correct patterns. They're mapping patterns with impulses and identifiers in your brain, your, your behavior, okay? So the system is designed to, how do I say this? Uh, when I'm talking about remote neural manipulation. I'm not talking about uh, remote neural monitoring, okay? There's a big difference between the two. And, and I, I, I'm, talking about, I'm talking about crime and punishment in your new world order because people are going to have money to pay fines. They're not going to want to jail you and feed you, so they're going to punish your body. And how much of it is a punishment in response? Well, punish to you, punishment. You say you say punishment, punishment, but it's not just about punishment. It's also about rewards. You know, they need to map out every vector of your emotional state, and that includes happiness. That includes sexual pleasure. That includes love. That includes lust. Okay, uh, you know, those are the vectors of your emotional state, and it must map out all of those vectors in order to create a cognitive model. So, what, if I wanna, what if I want to just sleep without being messed with? Like, I, I just want to take a nap, like, for an hour and not be picked at and poked at and, you know what I'm saying? So, I just, if the punishment is, we're not going to let you sleep now because you didn't listen the last three times we told you to do it, that's a problem, okay? So, I'm just saying, you know, if the, if the punishment system is something... Well, it's not punishment. Like, for them, for them, it's it's keeping your brain in a state of functionalist orientation. That's what the sleep deprivation is for. Okay, well, to make that, you to to affect to negatively affect your energy level and vitality, so that your brain becomes dependent upon the neural program, so that so that the the, the, neuro, the so that the visual and verbal entrainment, the two dimensional images, etc., the auditory and visual sequences that they're using, etc., okay, all part of the the neural programming is more effective. So when I say when I say the system's mapping impulses uh, with, with, with uh, the patterns, pattern recognition with impulses and identifiers, what I need is the system must be able to pre to predict and influence your choices, your reference choices. Okay, uh, which they call I, I mentioned it earlier, impulse sequencing. 
during thought composition, as you're thinking in real time. These are called thought-triggered attacks. So, again, the system captures your thoughts at the speed of light and then injects with these fabricated, with these falsified and fabricated memories and impulses, okay, at speed of light, as you're thinking in real time. So you think peanut butter, suddenly you've got all these ideas about peanut butter, peanut butter and jelly, peanut butter, you know, uh, uh, candy, peanut butter, ice cream. You know, where did all these, these, this, these, these thoughts and ideas about peanut butter come from? Well, they're not your own. They're actually artificial, artificial impulse injections. Okay, care anything about peanut butter. What they care about is, is their technology. They need to ma- be able to manipulate your composition habits. So the stati- when, I say, when I'm talking about response statistics, I told you, provoke you into emotions to generate response statistics. They've got to have it. One response is not enough. They must continually provoke you over and over into multiple responses for the same behavior in order to generate enough of these responses which they can correlate back into response statistics to be able to identify, develop, and, and, and then integrate back into RNN beta. This is what I mean for taking those response statistics, that statistical data about your composition habits to predict and influence how you're going to think as you're beginning to formulate your thoughts and preparing to act. So what I mean is they must predict in advance what you're going to do, where you're going to go, what you're going to have for dinner, what, you know, who, you're going to, who you're going to call on the phone. Otherwise, there's no way for them to verify the effectiveness of their technology. This is called verification. So they've got to predict you know, in advance you're going to go to the grocery store. Then they've got to predict in advance what it is you're going to buy at the grocery store. So they'll have somebody you know, following you, somebody ahead of you, somebody beside you in cars, command vehicles, you know, market vehicles, trigger vehicles, outlier vehicles. But then they're going to have somebody at the grocery store entrance of the grocery store, and then they're going to have somebody in the peanut butter aisle to verify their technology. So they'll have, they'll literally take every jar of peanut butter off the shelf to see you search out for the peanut butter to verify their technology is working properly. So they must predict in advance your choices. Otherwise, their technology fails. There's no way for them to verify their technology. So spontaneity disrupts their ability to do that because they're building patterns. Everything is dependent upon their ability to pattern recognition. From, from, from mind control, which is decoding thought patterns, to organized stalking, which is based on choice weapons patterns, it's all based on pattern recognition, everything they're doing. Okay? Well, spontaneity disrupts the patterns. Okay? Now, I'm not talking about short-term planning. I'm not talking about not planning at all. I'm talking about speed of thought actions or reactions in your life. So, you know, they got it, they, they're predicting in advance you're headed to the grocery store to buy peanut butter. The system is able to read your thoughts. It's forcing you to think out loud and to speak out loud your thoughts. It's called serialization of your thoughts into the spoken word because it's easier for the, the RM supercomputer and the hive mind teams to, to discern you know, words rather than images. You start thinking in images, it really messes them up. So they're serializing your, your, your memory and thought process during the neuroprogramming at night as you sleep to force you to think out loud where so they can, they can uh, determine. It just works better that way. Okay? So they were able to determine you're headed to the grocery store to buy peanut butter. So they got you know, people in front of you, behind you, beside you, uh, people waiting at the grocery store in the peanut butter aisle, okay? All to verify their technology. But say on the way, you suddenly decide, decide to turn into, you know, the convenience food store or the bank or something else. Well, they, they, that wasn't, that, you just disrupted the pattern they were trying to build to prove the effectiveness of their technology. You just defeated their technology. It doesn't matter that they know you're being spontaneous and you know you're being spontaneous. Okay, they know that. 
The problem is the pattern is so broken. So by being constantly spontaneous, speed of thought, the actions in your life each day, you can disrupt, seriously disrupt their technology called spontaneity. Another, another method to, to, to help defeat their technology is called redirection. Um, redirection is simply establishing a working reference or a working state, working state of mind, working reference, whatever you want to call it, and then redirect it back to that working reference with each remote neural attack. So what I'm, what I'm saying is you start thinking about this and suddenly the system attacks you. It's willing to think about that instead of this, okay? So it's disrupting your memory and thought process. Well, immediately, you forget what you were thinking about. So you just revert back to your working reference. Okay, you redirect back. It's called redirection. So a working reference would be anything in life which makes you extremely happy. You know, for me, it's Jesus. You know, that might not be the truth or an atheist or an agnostic, you know. Uh, might be a first love, the birth of a first child. Whatever in life makes you extremely happy becomes your working reference. So every time you're attacked and they're simply trying to manipulate your memory and thought process, you just say, you know, you are hit back to your work. Different, different, different things make different people happy. And, and when they disrupt your ability to think, when, when they inject their um, interference into your prayer time and they start questioning your religious... Uh, well, they will. And you're, you know, they're they're tearing your soul out of your head, and you know they're they're doing things to you psychologically well, that makes you question, you know, you know, do you believe in God, and you know, or you know, do you care about? Well, they God? will target. They will you know, target the VMAT. They will target the VMAT. Listen, they're going to go after you with VMAT. Okay, it's going to happen. They're going to target the God gene. They're going to target that area of your brain and your cerebral cortex responsible for spatial thinking, okay, which includes, you know, uh, 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 spiritual and uh, uh, other areas of, of, of your ability to, 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 to worship and to praise. Okay, that's, that's uh, they're, they're going to target that area of your cerebral cortex. Okay? The problem is they're, they're not only going to do that, they're going to, to subdue. Listen, their objective is to do one or two things with your religion, to subdue or radicalize it. They're always going to do what's most difficult with you. You know, you know, they're not... So, for example, they'll try to turn an atheist into a Christian or a Muslim into a Jew or, you know, a heterosexual into a homosexual or, you know, a, a peaceful uh, pacifist into a, a, you know, a, a violent criminal. They're always going to do what's most difficult with the victim. They've got to have some form of way to think amongst himself, well, you know, if we offer him this, there's an X percent chance he's going to do it, but but we don't think he will. And, you know, if they make you an offer of something and you don't do it, you know, then I guess that they're just testing their own apparatus. Like, we're going to offer, is it the same for every target? It's a no. person. And then right, you yeah. have a human body, you got a human mind, you have a human spirit, and they've got a they've got a protocol. Well, now they, their their technology is useless against your spirit, against the conscience, because it's not physical; it's metaphysical. It cannot be replicated and duplicated. Therefore, right, it cannot. The question, the question is: Do they do the same thing to everybody to gather their data, or is it an individualized program for each person? That's yeah, it's individualized. It's indiv- I'll answer your question. Okay, 
it, okay, first of all, it, it, it's specifically tailored to, to the victim, so it's individualized, and that's a good way of putting it. Okay, um, so, you know, they would never go after the, the, you know, religious belief system of an atheist or an agnostic. It just would not make sense for them to do that, okay? Unless, of course, you know, that was their objective to, to determine what the victim can maintain as true, to, to subdue or to radicalize a person's faith and belief system. So they, for example, would want to turn a, a Muslim into a, uh, a suicide bomber, or they would want to turn an atheist into a, you know, uh, an, a priest or a nun or whatever. Okay, so, so, so what they want to do is they want to make you believe the God of your choice is speaking with you by way of dreams or visions or, you know, uh, intuitively uh, using synthetic telepathy, et cetera, uh, voice of God weapon. Um, to subdue or to radicalize your faith. That's the that's one of the The faith and belief system of the victim is an important metric in their technology. But realize that most people are just targeted by supercomputers. Only a small handful ha- actually have high bind teams dedicated to them every eight hours. So every eight hours, you know, if you're one of those people like me, who they selected for, you know, terminal, long-term, non-consensual human experimentation, training, research, and development, okay, uh, they've got teams of people that are dedicated to you every eight hours. They've got hive mind teams. They've got surveillance teams. They've got, they got organized assaulters. They've got to take a lot of personnel to keep somebody in a psychotronic concentration camp. And that's what you're in. I mean, if you're, you know, your target is trauma-based. Generally, that's the, you know, the science is called psychophysics. The, the technology is called psychotronic. Um, so, you know, one of the important metrics in their, in their training, research, and development is to figure out how to subdue or to radicalize your faith and belief system. And it depends on your faith. It depends on your religion, you know? Um, for example, they would want to figure out how to make an Hindu eat pork. You know, it sounds ridiculous, you know, but when you realize that their tactics literally range from the plausible to the absurd to begin with, in order to discredit you, in order to make your complaints sound so trivial, paltry, fanciful, and fantastic in nature they can't possibly be true, okay, to discredit you while simultaneously achieving their objective of constantly provoking you, in this case, um, you know, with regard to your, your ability to, to, to worship and praise and, and pray. Listen, you, you can pray, and there's not one thing they can... Listen, you can pray every day, and they can read... If, if you have a cognitive... If they've built a cognitive model of your brain, Okay, then they can listen, and there's no external interference, okay, and all the system is working properly, okay, uh, then they can listen to you pray, you know, unless you're praying in images, you're thinking in images. If you're praying out loud, they can hear that. The system can pick it up. Again, if all the, if all the, uh, the metrics are correct, all the circumstances are right, there's no external interference, then they can pick it up. Do you want to be able to pray without them being able to understand what you're praying about, just turn on the music. Just turn on the music. Okay? Or, you know, get in but front of a television set. I'm just saying, their 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 response, how do people, and they don't care what they have to do to get a response. Their response is to behaviorally modify your, your behavior. If your behavior is not in line with the program, then I guess you're going to be punished. I guess if they you think the punishment is coming from the Almighty, there's 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 people out here that still believe there's 
demons and devils telling them to do things when they don't understand is a synthetic is the synthetic voice to skull technology getting into the shooter's head telling them how to shoot the place up and do this shit that they know, pardon my French, but with the way things are going out here, we have told them we've been telling them for years and years and years, and they still keep going to the same playbook to do these mass shootings and mind control driving. Okay, so, all right, you're, dry, you're you're raising a lot of, uh, of you're raising a lot of issues that all mind control victims deal with, uh, and and it's impossible for me to even remember them all. I'm so tired. Let me just talk about what you're talking about with these mass shooters, these mass shootings. And it's not just mass shooting. Okay. I'm only right. addressing it. I'm only I'm only addressing that because it it's it's the issue du jour. Like it, it's another one. It's not the only one. It's just the next one. That's you know. So it, it keeps. Well, no, happening. no, no, no. Again, all trauma based mind. Now, not state of the art. Not other. You know, I'm talking about trauma based. Okay, people who are trauma based uh, mind control victims, they're going to try. You know, they may not turn you into a shooter. That's not necessarily uh, important for them, okay? Uh, what is important is the amount of destruction that you inflict upon others or yourself. So this is a weapon system. I said this earlier. This is a weapon system. So the, 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 the objective of this weapon system is to turn the trauma-based mind control victim into a weapon who will inflict destruction upon others or who will self-destruct. And the amount of destruction which you inflict upon others or upon yourself is a very important metric in their training, research, and development. Aaron Alexis, you know, the, 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 the police were, were told to hold off, don't go in. He's shooting, up, he's shooting the base up, killing people, and security and police are, hold, are told to stand down. Well, they wanted to see how much destruction Aaron Alexis would inflict upon his community and upon others before he self-destructed. But they want, that was an important metric for their, for their training and research, okay? Turn the victim into a weapon. I mean, either that, either that or, or they had targets in the Navy Yard that were, that were targets anyway. Like, it, it just seems... Myron May. Myron May. You know, I'm doing this to, to bring, I'm doing this to, bring uh, 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 to light all the atrocities that are happening. I want the press to, to find out. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing this for the community. I'm sacrificing myself. To, to help other targeted individuals. No, he wasn't. No, Myron May was not. Myron May had become dependent upon the system, and he could no longer recognize the RNM supercomputers, artificial and remote neural attacks and impulse injections from his own normal memory and thought process. He did exactly what they wanted him to do. And the amount of people he shot up in that Florida State Library was very important for them. They could have stopped him. They knew he had a gun. They knew what he was going to do. They didn't. They wanted to see how much destruction, how much death he would be able to inflict. Because that was an important metric. Turn Myron May into a weapon. Turn Aaron Alexis into a weapon. Okay, this is a weapon system. Brian, I have one quick seconds, uh, you know, thing to try to let's give other people a chance to. Let's give other. I haven't spoken. I haven't spoken for an hour. Cindy, can oh, I speak, please? Okay, I was going to address the shooters. Sorry about that. 
Okay, this this is Q and A only. Okay, so don't go into linking narrative. Can you? Trying to stay on Q and A. No, no, no. I just wanted to say that uh, the Colorado shooting, the doctor that was treating that particular shooter. Do you know his name? The young guy with the theater. He shot up the theater. It was found that he was on medication, and his doctor had prescribed medication for herself, and she was, um, you know, illegally prescribing meds for her own. So no, I have no idea. that was a totally questionable situation there as well. I do believe he said he was hearing voices and was having other symptoms that would signify that he may have been a victim of this technology. We'll never know for sure. I, I have no point of reference on that. I'm sorry. I, you know, Dr. Robert Duncan, I think he talked about it. Uh, you might, I might refer you to his, to his comments on his Facebook page, but I just can't remember how long ago he made He did, he did talk about it. But I have no point of reference on the Batman shooter. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Next question. Well, whenever, whenever the hardcore questions come up about how much are these mentoring candidates, how much are they pre-programmed to do what they do, and who was the Skype? Who was the Skype handler? Okay, and somebody must have said. That's like watching this guy, or they must have been setting him up to be the patchy, like they do with all these kind of things, and that's where you get the biggest resistance. But you start questioning, you know, who is the handler, and who is, what program was he in, and, you know, you got, like, the Batman theater shooting, and, you know, the guy... Yeah, John. John, the lady, the psychiatrist that he was seeing, she had him on these weird medications, and then she was prescribing drugs to herself. And then her mentor and her doc- her doctoral, like her medical school program, there was a question as to who he was and his um you know, there were just questions about his professional work. And um, my cousin actually was in that theater when that with shooting happened. With repetitive reinforcement, you will come to believe that the thoughts and memories are your own. The but I was going to just I, finish, well, Brian, real quick on that. My, my, my cousins were in that theater when so that we're happened. Here to discuss length and narrative on, on, but on I'm just saying, system. I'm going to add a little bit because, John, so I, I, you know, that. there's able danger. I'm addressing what Ryan, what, what John said to me. Okay? I would like that's why Kyle, that's why Kyle to, you. I would okay? like, I would like to comment. I'm a human being. I'm an educated female. I've gone to, I've gone to college and university. This is called Mr. John Mad. Okay. Here's what we're going to do. All right. I, you know, we're all adults here. I'm going to give everybody one minute to respond to the question on deck. And the question on deck is how much of the mind control are they trying to bury? And, you know, you know, how far does the rabbit hole go? Answer the question with a minute or two, and then we'll just have a discussion about it. I mean, I, I don't like muting people. I don't like to have to hit the mute button, but we're recording this, and Brian is gone now because of that disruption. So... It is what it is, and I hate to have to mute people, but I do it when we're making a recording because this is what the world is going to download after the recording is done. Okay, so you know we are we are we are the spokespeople for this. 
And when people download this, and they hear the infighting and the nonsense on the call, they're not going to listen to it. They're just going to hang it up and go to something else. So, I mean, I, I, I know everybody wants to get their feet in. I let everybody talk. I just don't want to have it be an infight between, the, you know, the only group. We're the only group of people that's capable of really bringing this out. So, you know, just one person at a time. And Brian's gone now, so I guess I can wrap up the recording and we can have an open forum discussion. Cindy was talking about things with the psychiatric industry, and I think they're very relevant because where do they take you? Where, where do they take you? They take you to the mental hospital. Okay, so that is that where they work on people? So I, I think what she was asked is very relevant. And when it comes down to the hardcore questions is when the disruption starts on these calls. So I'm just trying to keep it to a minimum. Anybody? I'd just like to finish up quickly. Uh, Able Danger has quite a um, uh, collection of this one um, topic on mentoring and candidates, and he has gone through and he has a um, a YouTube like list called what is it called, John? Um, Program to Kill. Well, I've heard of Able Danger. Yes. I've I've heard of Able Danger, but I don't I don't really know what that is. Like if 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 there is any links to something with that, we can certainly promote that on here. But just like what what I was saying to him is very important because these shooters and these nut jobs, you know, they don't they don't just wake up one day and decide they're going to go and do this. They've got to be they've got to be prodded. Well, that's what Abel Danger is talking about. Field, McC- I believe his name is McConnell. He was served in the military, different branches, and then he became a professional pilot for huge airlines, and then he became a whistleblower because he, he left the airlines because they were having the planes on autopilot, and he saw a problem with that. But he it made him look into other topics as – with these um these these shooters and and these like serial killers and things like that and um these behaviors and many of them were previously in the military and or on medication he's drawn a lot of you know conclusions with a lot of research and he's looked at the son of sam he's looked at all the different school shootings he looked at the uh like hillside strangler he looked at the guy that was um going on college campuses and and uh, raping and then making off with women and killing them and burying them places he has quite a, a thorough research uh library of videos and one of them one of the video libraries is programmed to kill he he approaches the oklahoma um federal building shooting he approaches 9-11 um with the persons that were on the ground that that were in the vans and but he really program this program to kill john he looks at uh jeffrey dahmer 
who he was previous military, the right, guy that, that that's, that's what? what I'm that's what I'm talking about. Okay. What 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 I what I'm talking about is are these people waking up one day and, and they just decide to go and do that or are they being steered and controlled and handled? It doesn't get it doesn't get funny and squirrely until you start looking at the handlers. Okay, when you look at the shooter they don't really care. You can say whatever you want about the shooter or whoever, okay? But as soon as you start looking at the the surroundings around, well, who was this person's psychiatrist or whoever they living, you know, what was going on in their house? Like, they don't really care until you start questioning the handlers of who is someone's obviously watching this guy because it, it's they got to make sure he's going to do it or they got to make sure he's going to follow directions or it's got he's got a handler is what i'm saying so that's um going to be a continuing issue here because these shootings don't stop they keep building it's just like every other month there's some other ridiculous um there was another shooting today or yesterday in between time of Parkland. Did you know that? There uh, was no, another I, shooting. I, yeah, I, I haven't looked at much news today. I don't know. There was another shooting. So, I mean, this is getting to be almost um, every week, if not every two, three days. It's it's really pathetic. And now you have the women. I guess there's a March, March 20th that um, kids are going to leave school and go to their Capitol buildings or to their city halls and talk about gun control. Gun control, well, I saw somebody comment about it was either one of the Thomas Jeffersons or, you know, Abraham Lincoln or someone quoted, when we put down the guns, we put ourselves in in jeopardy of being taken over. I'm paraphrasing. There was a reason why they had freedom of religion, you know, freedom to carry, freedom to do, you know, to seek the pursuit of happiness. I mean, there's a reason for the Constitution. It's just amazing how it all ties together. What what they're doing is they're they are perverting the technology into an agenda. They are pursuing an agenda with said technology to make said Venturian candidates and these crazy you know nonsense that goes on. You know they they are promoting an agenda with this. So you know I don't really own guns, but it's not my place. Say if my neighbor can't have one, if they want it, that's your right to have it. I mean, that's what our law. There's a rule of law which, evidently, someone, someone is not adhering to the very basic human rights declaration, which says you are to be safe and free of thought in your home. You know, in, in your and so it, it's just how one thing leads into another thing, and it's all connected, and they're pushing an agenda, and I don't see enough people waking up. So, with that said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up the recording.
we had a good discussion here tonight, and I think maybe maybe next week we can continue down the able danger path because I think that needs to be talked about and you know more defenses on how to keep what's in your head in your head. And I just we can pick this up next week. So if anybody has any other comments, now's the time. Maybe you can get Field McConnell on the show. He's very open. He's very open. He he has a radio show of his own that's on, I think, every week or every day, actually. Well, like I said, is this work is it, going to be ongoing, and it's just going to have to be a, a day-to-day thing, and we'll see what happens. If I can get him, we'll get him on here, and, you know, we'll just see what happens for next week, but it's been a good discussion tonight. And I guess this will be available to download at some point. I don't know how long it takes, but certainly I'm going to post this somewhere. I'm sure Brian will download it. And, you know, anybody that wants these recordings, they are free for educational purposes. And, you know, the disclaimer is we are not medical doctors. We're not dispensing medical advice. We're not lawyers. We certainly aren't telling you what to do legal-wise. We're just, we're just, we're observing we are making a collective observation based on our experiences and things that we know. So on that note, see everybody next week.